0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Brunch. I am Julisa.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Skittles, and today in the house we are brunching with my girl Haley Collins, a former performer turned artist administrator. Haley Collins, who the fuck are you?
2: I am was I am a Michigander. Yes. I was born and raised in Traverse City, Michigan, a beautiful little sleepy town on Lake Michigan. Um, I met Juan at Westminster Choir College. Yes,
1: Westminster. Yes,
2: I spent three and a half years studying voice performance Mm -hmm. and decided the last half year that I didn't want to do that anymore.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, at the very end, I remember (laughs) that. That was a tough decision, but it was a good decision overall. It was totally the right decision, yeah. And so from there you went into?
2: I went into arts administration instead. Um, held a couple of jobs in Princeton right out of school in mm-hmm. in that field. And now I am the director of a major nonprofit in New York City, specifically in East Harlem Yes, that provides East Harlem students with access to musical opportunities.
1: Yes. Yeah, so. Now, so when we're talking about artist administration, we're talking about literally running... The people who run shit. So we're talking about like <laughs> house managers and right. and program coordinators and all that stuff, dealing with the arts, right? Right. Just because I know when I first heard artist administrator, I was like, what is that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you can do different things. Um, my specific title is director of programs and development. So I'm hmm. doing fundraising. Fundraising. I'm doing hiring, firing, budgeting
1: dealing mm-hmm. with the board, running stuff, running and run and stuff, stuff,
2: things like that. But it, it's not usually the same job. <laughs> mm. I have the fortune of doing both. Um, but you can do things like work in theaters. You can do things like manage artists, mm. um, book things. There's it's a whole wide world. Yeah. <laughs> What's your
0: favorite part of your job?
2: My favorite part? I I really just love being able to give back in that way um, and being able to help create this programming for kids who um, have an upbringing semi-similar to mine um, and giving them that access which they wouldn't otherwise have Um, or at least help having a small part in giving them that access so um that would be my favorite part I kind of like to I I don't mind like making decisions and things like that
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. now do you think you'd ever see yourself teaching or you'd much rather (laughs) just be part of the administrative part
2: yeah I could never be a teacher (laughs) 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 I am from a family of teachers Mm -hmm. and Um, I don't have the patience. (laughs) I sometimes don't have the energy. Um, I love those kids, but it's just not something that I can do.
0: It's really hard. I remember when I was working with young people – Oh, so I did leadership programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would design the programming and then implement it. And like, yes, my favorite part was when they came through the door up until they got really, really unruly. And then I was like, OK, I'm ready to go home. Mm-hmm. This is too much. So definitely there's you have to have stamina. Yes. To work with kids for sure. Yes.
1: All right, so you are also a fan of brunch. We have gone to, <laughs> li- li- I've talked about Le Mon Jungle a, a lot. Um, you're a brunch queen. I've yeah. yeah. I
0: you on Facebook. I, <laughs> I know you're a brunch I queen. I love a good
2: brunch. You love a yes. good brunch.
1: So the first question we're going to ask you is, what is your favorite brunch plate?
2: You know, I usually go for the sweeter side mm. of things. So, you know, a good waffle with, like, the right toppings. Some bacon on the side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I have such a bad sweet tooth
1: that even, like, when I wake up in the morning, I want sugar. Yeah, like muffins (laughs) and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what is, what like, in all of New York, because I've been to a lot of brunch places with you, what is top brunch place for you where you can get, like, the good sweet treat?
2: Ooh. Um... One of my favorite places that we've been to together a couple of times is Malt House down Ooh, in yes. Soho. Never heard of That's That's um, yeah, they have an all you can drink with many options, mm-hmm. some different options. And then the food is really good. They have some, like, I think it's like cornflake crusted French toast kind of oh something. My God. Um, that sounds the mad. The chicken good. and waffle
1: sandwich kind of situation. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah. I do. I do, like Malt House. I yeah,
1: Malt House. I had the chicken and waffles, and the yes. Malt House chicken and waffles is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So we're getting waffles. We're getting our chicken and waffles. What is your favorite brunch booze?
2: Um, I think I would go f- with Bellinis. Especially yes. the way Juan and I make our own. Have <laughs> we have a special.
1: We have a we special have a, little ingredient.
2: Yes. Sala. The special ingredient is an entire bottle of vodka. <laughs> in so, one, so, cup. No. In one okay. uh, so we get. Uh, we get a pitcher, a full a pitcher. pitcher. We put in our bottle
1: of vodka. Which is like a uh, this? How much is this? Yeah, maybe well, like, six. 16. 16 ounces. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Don't drink a whole handle. You don't do that. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> Usually we stick to like a peach flavored vodka.
2: Yeah. True. Yes. A and flavor. Then, like a peach Bellini. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm. Then we do.
2: A bottle of champagne. At least one. A full
1: bottle of Prosecco.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: And then you add the, s- peach juice. Peach juice.
2: Yeah. To the to the rest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's literally like a full 16 ounces of vodka. A full bottle of champagne and splash. then a splash of peach juice <laughs> and you will get functionally fucked up. Awesome. Yes.
2: Functionally until like two thirty PM. Yeah. And then you'll sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that I've learned I've just
0: learned with myself that after a brunch I need a nap. There's no mm-hmm. way I can live life after brunch. Uh, last weekend, it was my sibling's birthday, and I went to Solomon & Cuff mm. in Harlem, which they have uh They have banana nut uh, waffles, mm. and you can do it with either uh, fried chicken or fried fish because it's like a Caribbean place. Mm. I did it with the fried fish. It was mad fucking good, and they wow. have either mimosas or rum punch, but this, by the second rum punch, I was done. Because... <laughs> They have the unlimited, but it costs $25 for one hour. And I was like, $25 for one hour? That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I tell that's you. that's separate from your food. Yes. That's a lot, right? Okay. Yo. The sec, by the second one, I was fucked up, but I had at least six. So, I uh, yeah. So, uh, cause I was like, all right, I paid $25. I'm about to fucking drink. Yeah. Um, right but the food was great. And it looks like one of those places. I'm curious what it's like at night. It looks like they might move tables and people can like dance. The mm. music was great. Like they were playing a really, really anyway. Yeah. So Haley, what was going out to eat? Like when you were growing up,
2: you know, it didn't happen a lot for my family. Um, I grew up in a, in a single-parent household, my mom and my brother and I, and so going out to eat was like a treat. Mm. It, was, it was like an event, <laughs> mm. um, and it was always really centered around family and talking and, and good food. Usually, my my hometown has a lot of amazing restaurants, and thankfully, like most of them are half the cost of going out to eat here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was supposed to be like you know, it was a special thing where you could go out and and spend time together as a as a group.
0: And what was your favorite like spot to go to?
2: Ooh, that's hard. There's a there's a spot in my hometown called Sledders and it's the oldest tavern in the state I think Mm, um and they had you know the very typical bar food burgers and things like that but they had um salads and fried fish which is always something we have in living on the lake um and it had a lot of like animal heads around (laughs) and one of the traditions there is you would on your way out you would kiss the moose there was like a giant moose you would step up on the ladder, you kiss the moose, they would, like, ring a bell, and everybody would scream. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that would probably not happen here. <laughs>
0: <That's so funny. laughs> but it's something
2: that you remember there.
0: Oh. That's awesome. And so what is your favorite bochinche topic to talk about hmm. over dinner? Or brunch, excuse yeah. me. Yeah.
2: Um, I feel like, and Juan can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm kind of the person, even with my college friends and the friends I had growing up, that is kind of connected still in an off way with a lot of different people, mm-hmm. social media and things like that. So I feel like when we go out to brunch, what usually happens is I can tell you, you know, so-and-so had like three babies and got divorced. <laughs> and oh, I
1: feel like half
2: the people at the table will be like, Who is (laughs) that?
1: And everyone else will be like, oh,
2: yeah, right. Or they'll be like, oh, cool. (laughs) I think the other thing is um, I am kind of something that comes up a lot is I am kind of a reality TV buff. So Mm -hmm. so that kind of stuff comes up pretty often, too, Um, you know kept up with the Kardashians. She, she's like, a <laughs> Kardashian <laughs> queen. The I keep yeah. up, I keep up, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, what happened on Jersey Shore yep. last week. <laughs> you know, I'm totally fine with mindless entertainment.
0: You need it sometimes, especially after work. Let me say a nonprofit will drive you up the fucking wall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I get it. Yes.
0: Awesome. So now we're going to move into our cheers to the ladies who where we shout out um, people doing dope shit. The first thing breastfeeding is finally legal in all fucking states it is mind-boggling to me that that is even (laughs) a thing (laughs) like why was that so especially with how sexualized everything is in this country like E, like, even down to a Pepsi commercial, like, you know, back in the day, they want voluptuous,
1: beautiful, mm-hmm. like,
0: everything is tits. Like, tits sell <laughs> products in this country. And when tits is trying to feed somebody, y'all got a fucking problem? because like the
1: function that they were naturally on a human body exactly
0: and so um, in in an article that I was reading they were saying that some feedback that uh, people were giving was like oh just because it's legal now it doesn't mean that women should just like walk around showing their breasts it's still a disturbance to those around them How? how? (laughs) Because, why? (laughs) (laughs) Because people can't fathom the sight of a titty because it makes them hard or wet or whatever, and they are uncomfortable with how they are sexually triggered by something that is happening that is natural. So... They want to blame it on the women mm. as opposed to taking ownership to the fact that, all right, maybe you're a little hot twat and you just get a little horny or whatever when you see a boob. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a baby attached to that boob. So right. if you look at it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what are you really looking at but a baby's head? Yeah. So right. I
1: saw this. It reminds me of this picture that I saw on Facebook the other day that was going around. Like, you know how some people like screenshot shit and then I'll have a caption over it because and then they'll screenshot that, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a meme. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a picture of a girl's default picture on Facebook, and her titty was out, and her baby was, like, mid, <laughs> like, feeding <laughs> session looking at the camera, like, tit- like nipples. <laughs> 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 so, like, the titty was stretched. It was a really <laughs> funny video, or, like, or a really funny picture. I laughed at it when I saw it, but then I looked at the caption, and the caption was, like, I am at a loss for words. And it was, like, in a negative way, and I was, like...
0: Mm. Yeah, it's not that serious. It's mm. bullshit. Anyway, I'm just glad it's possible. I don't think I'm gonna be having any babies, but if I do, you better fucking believe I'm gonna be out in the park like this, got <laughs> a baby on my titty like what? Um, <laughs> next, <laughs> next cheers goes to my home girl who is out here fucking killing it dominique fishback um from the deuce um she plays darlene on the deuce she has a new film that's out in theaters and she just recently had an interview on backstage magazine nice. la times like she's out here killing it and Fuck so it up, um, i'm really proud of her um dominique's story is really incredible so you should definitely read the articles but like in a nutshell She's like a Brooklyn born hustler, born in Brooklyn, like had all odds were against her growing Mm. up. She found theater uh, through MCC theater, which is a theater company where we met and Mm. she was one of the most dedicated and one of the hardest workers I knew, got went to Pace University for acting and just like has been killing it ever since. And so I'm so proud of her. She also has a one woman show called Subverted, which she's done a few times and it, whenever it's back up, like I always tell people, you have to go see it. And I hate when people think when you're bringing up your friends, you're just doing it because it's your friend. Right. Dominic is one of those people where I'm like, don't come at me when she's crazy famous because she's already now like famous. But when she gets fi- more <laughs> famous, do not. Look for me and be like, oh, is she giving you tickets to this? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Everybody is getting turned down. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? And just like she said on Facebook, she's like, if you don't come see this indie movie that I have going on, do not ask me about anything else that I'm doing artistically. Mm. Like, you need to support me now. Do not wait until I'm out here killing it to start supporting She me. said that? Yeah.
1: Bitch, fuck it That's up. Good. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it really is like something just to not to go off on a tangent. But me and Derek, from DJ from New York Dose, we're talking about how like he should have basically been the casting director for Latina because a matter of the people that were there for the video were because of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like my friends, like, I mean, I don't want to say none of my friends showed up because I obviously had a bunch of friends there. <laughs> but like, You know, a lot of the people that I had invited myself didn't show up, Mm -hmm. you know, but for something for him, like my, he says that like a lot of other people's friends will show up, but his friends won't show up. Never show up. What is
0: that about? Because people think that they've paid their debt with you just by being your friend. Like, oh, (laughs) just because I know I'm on call, if you have a terrible date and you want to call someone crying, I'm on that list of people. So I don't owe you to show up, which is not like cool at all. Like it's total bullshit thinking but i do feel like friends have that i mean we have that with the podcast i'm gonna put people on blast right now Yo. there are people who <laughs> no there are people who will say oh yeah i listened to this one episode which is great you don't want to listen every week that's fine did you hit subscribe did you mm-hmm. share the link and not just share the link did you put a caption on it? like there's like little things that you can do that show a bit more of an effort unless it's a post that you're sharing that i've already written like some long caption and that's included mm-hmm. in the shop but i've seen people sort of like put it like in the middle of whatever and then like share a million other things Mm -hmm. and it's like you know if you're really going to take the time out then like maybe just put even an emoji makes a difference on the caption you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and like obviously you know the share is appreciated either way but there's a lot of people who don't listen every week or every time they're talking having a conversation around podcasts in general they don't think to say oh actually my Mm -hmm. friend has a podcast you should listen to it we have a lot of friends who listen i'm from the south bronx i have a lot of friends that are ratchet i'm ratchet sometimes and it's just like i need to reach some of these ratchet audiences because not everybody's my my friend on facebook they're not gonna see when i post it i need you to post it Mm -hmm. um and then the last point on that clearly i'm passionate and then the last (laughs) point to that is like how is it that i have over a thousand friends on facebook skittles has over a thousand friends on facebook but we only have like under 150 likes on the actual Branche page on Facebook, and we've shared it continuously. Mm-hmm. Like even something like that, like just hit like and then mute us, everyone. Just hit like, <laughs> subscribe, or whatever you want. <laughs> Be counted in, and then mute us if you think that we're annoying. But the support is appreciated. But when we make it. And, you know, when me and Skittles are going to all these fancy things that we already do, not in Mm -hmm. like a boastful way, like you meet Skittles, Julissa, Haley, even you don't have bullshit people here. Like (laughs) we're out here working. And so I don't want to hear a goddamn thing when we are moving up and people are like, oh, no, you're not invited. Sit down. Yeah, there's there's, no excuse either. I mean, social media
2: (laughs) has made it so easy and one share, you know,
1: it takes a second. It, it takes, a, takes a second. But it
2: also helps people reach an entirely new audience. Exactly. I mean, one share of mine, uh, of something from Juan, mm-hmm. he's going to hit up people that he would have never, ever known. Absolutely. I don't
0: mm. know nobody in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I what I mean? Like, right like <laughs> literally. like You know what I mean? So, like, those things are important. But anyway, Dominique,
1: Dominique shout, con- out, to shout out to you. Shout out to you for not only killing it in the game, but also having the balls to, so, like, Speak up. something out. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's
0: never been the one to have hair on her tongue. That's what I love. So <laughs> the movie, the is called Night Comes On. Um, in New York, is playing in Cinema Village, and it's really dope because they're doing talkbacks after the yeah, the, nice. the the screening. Um, so definitely check it out, and she is phenomenal. Like, if nothing else, definitely follow this girl because she's gonna blow up really, really soon. Um, so next, cheers. Kid Cudi. So Kid Cudi has uh, reported that he's been feeling a lot better after his battle with depression. I'm so happy to hear that just because I re- remember when he first started t- talking about his depression and then he had beef with Drake and then Drake made fun of the fact mm. that he's that he was suffering from depression. Um, and then because he had he went in, he he went into rehab and just was trying to take care of himself. And so all that hard work um, has paid off. I mean, he's young. He's 34. He's young. Like, there's no reason why Uh, people of color should not seek out, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health support. And that's a thing in our community. We don't. um, And just because he's a superstar doesn't mean that absolves him of falling into depression. So I'm glad that he was able to do so and not afraid to do so publicly. Um, I'm proud of him. And, and he's his new album with Kanye West. I know everyone's still mad at Kanye, but the (laughs) album is, the album is really, really dope. um, And he, he does really great work on the album. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to have Cuddy back. Someone who did the same
2: thing this week was Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child.
1: Yep. Really? She
2: also went on, I believe, Instagram and told all of her followers that she was feeling very depressed. She had been fighting that battle her whole life and she was going to get help. And I think... Good for her. She went in. I think she was there a week. She just came out on the other side of it and said, you know, she's feeling a lot better. Things are looking good. Um, I think... It's not at all their obligation to share something like Absolutely that. Absolutely not. But for somebody like her, who lives what a lot of us would think is kind of a dream life, to still say, like, sometimes this is really hard for me, and mm-hmm. and also say, like, getting help is okay, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is really impressive and I think really helpful. And, I'll, I
0: mean, I'll just throw in the Demi Lovato thing, yeah. um, because it's not, and it's not a cheers to, but, like, that even that like mm-hmm. she's battling with that publicly in a way that is hard and like her fans she has some really diehard fans mm-hmm. and they're really like worried they're for her. I mean, mm-hmm. I,
1: I'm I'm not even gonna lie, I've like I'm concerned about it as well. I I can't say that I'm like a huge huge fan, but I have like followed her career mm-hmm. and I recognize that she is a extreme talent. And just thinking back on, you know, I lo- a lot of people have been like, oh well, why don't you show the same sympathy. For, why didn't why didn't you show the same sympathy for Whitney mm, as you yes, did for Demi? And mm. you know, it's unfortunately it's unfortunate that Whitney became the butt of a lot of jokes, but we also have to take that experience and act on it. And just so do, if do we differently were, if this time. we did time. wrong for yeah. Whitney. We got to do right, right by for Demi. Demi and also, people forget that two different situations. Demi has a team that is actually trying to help her out of it. Whitney's team enabled it, yeah. The, the show, <laughs> um, yeah, they literally put
0: her on camera. I mean, and not that that, that that should make not people that should care make, less, yeah, but um, but yeah, it was
2: paraded and it, it,
1: yeah, was it was framed in right. a completely different two way. different situations b- that still deserve the same amount of compassion and respect, yeah. And
2: it really shows stuff. the importance of having the right people around yeah. you because Demi did have, according to reports, the right team around her, and that's why she had been kind of successful in in this battle for so long mm-hmm. but it sounded like she kind of had let those people go and had been with a different crowd and those people knowing that Demi Lovato isn't has a, an addiction mm-hmm. and um, knowing that she has these struggles and enabling her um, you know they're not the right people to be around they're not the people yeah they're not her real friends and she had those people and I hope I'm sure they have it in their hearts to help her again but you know you got to make sure you trust the people absolutely you surround yourself with absolutely and I and I even say that or
0: <clears throat> a lot with uh, Azalea, right, and and her, like, people talking about her mental health, and she's openly discussed that, like, you know, she has mental health issues. We all do. We all do. Um, you know, but I, like, even as a friend, I'm always like, well, I know I haven't seen or heard from her in a really long time. I just hope that she is still surrounded by all the right people and the people who support her because that is a trauma in itself. Like, this back and forth that she has with her hey. audience and her peers and her industry, like, that. Two, like everybody needs a level of support, but past celebrities, I think that if we're willing to do that with people who don't even know that we exist sometimes, that we could be a bit kinder to each other on the ground. Um, A lot of people do not want to acknowledge drug use as, you know, an issue. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge depression and, you know, just say, oh, you're an attention seeker or, oh, you know, that's not my fault. You want to waste your money on drugs. And we just have to change that thinking overall. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I do hope that she is getting better. Um, it's a close call. You could have lost her. Yeah, right. yeah, um, for sure.
1: <sighs> oh, so next, cheers to the ladies who we're we're def- Mercury is definitely in retro <laughs> because, uh, retrograde because this. Cheers to the ladies who is keep, we keep on diverting and yeah, like yeah. Like, <laughs> like <deep atomic. laughs> But cheers to Julissa for hosting the Lime Experience at WeWork Soho on Thursday oh, night. Nice. <laughs> yes. I did do that. <laughs> the, event, the event consisted of a panel of entrepreneurs talking about tips of how to really um, make your... Dreams and aspirations come to fruition and, like, taking the risks. And stuff like mm-hmm. that. Am I right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Despite your challenges, specifically around being a person of color. So the panel yes, was all people yes. of color. Um, and all different colors. Latinos, black people, Asians. Asian. Like, we went in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it was, was great. And then there was a, um, an uptown artist. A Dominic uh, His name is Aiden, I believe. He performed a couple of songs and then it was a lit ass time. Yes, <laughs> and
0: he he him with his Cardi B dancers. He had to of Cardi B dances Yo. with him. It was so it was cute. Honestly, like <laughs> I, I and you know the song was a little bit of the second song he did was a bop. Like, yeah, yeah. I the, was like yeah, yeah. I was standing there and I was like this absolutely sounds like you know some shit that's gonna be played on Z100 over mm. and over again. So yeah, yeah, it was dope cute. event. Um, we do it regularly now. So the next time. Everyone should come. It's
1: free. It's lit. Yes, it was great. The drinks were flowing. The person <laughs> who was making the drinks was beautiful. <laughs> and there was a dog. Yeah. yeah, Walking around yeah. just for you to pet.
0: With <laughs> Skittles has photos. Go to Skittles page. I'm sure he'll post it soon. His photo shoot with someone's dog. I have dog. A whole photo shoot. I don't even know whose dog that <laughs> was. <Like> and <laughs> also go to Skittles page. But iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you check.
1: Literally any streaming service. And has Latino...
0: Ready to be streamed and downloaded. Support the man. He is out here killing it. Everybody Yo. likes this song. If you don't trust my judgment, trust Rosario Dawson's judgment. Yo, <laughs> Rosario yes. Shout Absolutely. out to Rosario. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the next Cheers.
1: Yes, yeah, so the next Cheers goes out to the first black teen author ever to write three books used in school districts. This is 15-year-old Essence Moore. Um. Yeah. And she um, is the only published African-American team that has written three books wow. that are mandatory to read in several school district curriculums. Um, one being Hillside, New Jersey School District, Brooklyn, New York Charter Schools and Orange, New Jersey School District. Um, one of her books is called The Middle School Chronicles. And yeah, I think we should just all fucking go check her out. um yeah absolutely awesome yeah yeah absolutely Uh and i
0: think i think that there's not enough like bigging up of right everyone's so interested in like digital media that we forget that reading is fundamental Mm -hmm. and that we do still have authors and
1: and, (laughs) and it's uh, as a teacher like you know we're losing the skill i'm not gonna say like the 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 technology is taking over y'all like we need our kids reading (laughs) yes Yes. so if it's especially if it's coming from someone of their own community i think it's something definitely to drink to absolutely
0: all right and now we are going to get into our tuta loca is where we call motherfuckers out for doing the most Mm. nia wilson rest in peace uh 18 year old nia wilson was uh boarding a train in oakland Uh, when a white man stabbed her in the neck and wounded her sister as well. Um, and it was a random attack. Uh, Nia was rushed to the hospital, but didn't make it. Her sister is still alive. Um, what, what do I say that I haven't already said about every other time they've killed a person of color? And it, it 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 almost like it feels grotesque to me that I've that I'm now at a loss of words where it, it literally just feels like like I almost want to have like a canned response that I can like shoot out because it's my it's the same sentiment it's yeah. ridiculous there's people out on the loose who just hate people for who they are and they will, are willing to go as far as killing them it's happening at high rates it's not just police um, and we're not living in a country that s- has a model to encourage people to do otherwise right
1: yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah. In like, the
2: current climate, the current administration, people like the man who, who stabbed Nia are feeling more brazen and feeling like mm. there aren't consequences for this kind of thing. Yep. Um you know, people I see a lot of people who say, you know, the country's getting crazy, um, you know, things are getting out of hand and it's like it's always been like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we are now in a time where White supremacy is almost like, okay. like, yeah, white supremacists believe that it's okay. White supremacists are running for offices in in certain states. Right. Openly. And it's it's they've gotten more confident. They've gotten more brazen because they've seen that half half these people have no consequences at all. I think this man will I think you know the police said this is one of the worst things they've ever seen
0: yeah on camera there's no way to mix this story as anything but what it is
2: right but you know we've said that before yeah, and, you know, and then shout out
0: to Anne Hathaway. Uh, she Yo. posted a status about it where... It was very touching. Yeah. It was
1: on, like, Instagram mm-hmm. or something. It was
0: on Instagram, and uh, read it for yourself, but to paraphrase, she basically was saying, like, w- white people need to start owning the fact that we have privilege and we do not walk around facing the same fear for our life, period. It doesn't matter. Mm. Like, you cannot frame it any other way. Black people have it harder in this country, and it's time that we actually fucking do something
1: about it. Yes.
0: Um, and... Uh, it's nice because, you know, we need our white allies. We
1: need them to use their platforms, especially. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to need people of color to stop being like, oh, well, why now? Like, no, don't say why now to her. Like, she's using her privilege. This is what we've been asking them to do. So let's encourage her. Yeah. So that she and other white people feel empowered to do the same. Like. Absolutely. Right.
0: And And also, like, I, I just feel like, Yes, she's a white woman in this country, um, and she is a celebrity. But like, if we're gonna get on her, it's so like, are we getting on every white person in the like in the United States right now about it? I, I don't mm-hmm. hear people consistently calling upon every single white person. So when one does come out at, at, without being called upon, it's kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. an act of, you know, being an ally. And sometimes, yeah, people take a minute to catch up. What if there's. Uh, Sweatshops in China have been a problem forever. And I'm just now like, oh, that's a really big problem. Should mm-hmm. I start thinking about which which companies I buy from because I don't want to support that. So mm-hmm. I can't so me if I said something about it, I'm not allowed to because I'm late. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have to think it we have to take sometimes white people out of that context and remember. Like the act of being an ally is super important and we need it right now. And if she were to have some sort of history of being like super racist or whatever, then I might be like Girl, what you doing? Right? But
2: yeah. you know, yeah. Anne
1: Hathaway ain't hurt nobody. Yeah. No. I love Anne Hathaway. I think Anne Hathaway, though,
2: is one of those public figures, kind of like a Jennifer Lawrence. Um, there's others I can't think of right now. But they start out as America's sweetheart, and then everyone goes, ugh.
1: And get, they get tired I'm of I'm
2: so tired of this. Right. it's usually yeah. a woman I'm right. so tired of this quirky woman right. get her out of my face I mean yeah, I, I she's
1: <laughs> also like been through it in terms of people saying negative things about her I oh guess. yeah people yeah. hate it yeah there was yeah, like, a like stream at one point, of point where time, people hated her
0: even
2: around Les Mis it was
0: yes. Yes. happening where everybody was so over
2: her yes yeah so I love Anna. I think that was like <laughs> the height of that for her I have to say I personally started to like her more after oceans eight if if you've seen that i have not um, seen um, it oh yeah. well i will say I that she uh <laughs> most of the movie she, most of the movie she plays basically herself like a heightened version of herself and it's it's really funny and charming how she seems kind of in on the joke that yeah. we all think she's this annoying person and she kind of plays that char- character to the extreme yeah um, I encourage you to, to watch that. I can. <laughs> and so j-
0: just, just to also bring it back, um, so Nia was one girl, but then there was another uh, gentleman in Florida, uh, Marquise um, McLaughlin, McLaughlin um, was fatally shot on Thursday um, over a fight it, over a parking spot. So Um he was with his like girl and his children and they had parked in a handicapped spot and there was a dude who was like, Hey, you can't park there and started making a scene, blah blah blah. Long story short, the dude ended up shooting him over it. Um and because the because Marquise had like pushed the dude, uh, he was able to get away with it under stand your ground. No. Yes. Yeah. So um You know, and that's like another, what I just said about Nia applies. And then also, um, not even just for being black, but uh, a trans woman, Sasha Garden, who was a sex worker, um, was also killed. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's really, really unfortunate. And the way these things get reported are so, just like we said in the last episode, it's so horrific because sometimes they don't even want to identify the body as a woman. You know what I mean, and right. so
1: which like what year are we fucking in? I need everybody to go right now to FX and watch Pose because right that is a representation that transgender people are human beings. Yeah, she wanted to be a, a hairstylist, um, Sasha, um,
0: and was saving up money, um, uh, you know, so she can continue her transition and. Was just out here, and she had left her. Uh, she's from Wisconsin. She had left to uh, move to Orlando, um, and she, yeah, so she was a sex worker, but she was there's. Uh, she would have her house as like a safe haven for people. So this is someone who, mm. you know, despite what your feelings are about around sex workers, was providing a safe space for other trans women. So it's a loss. It's unfortunate. Yes. Um. So, our next uh tutaloka is uh Ving R- Rames. Uh, got held at gunpoint in front of his own home. He uh, told a story about it, so I'm not exactly sure when it happened, but um, he was on a radio show, and he was talking about the experience of um, his neighbors calling the cops, saying that this uh, big black man had just broken into his um, home, when in reality, it was just him.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He was just
0: going home. And then he talked about how like what would have happened if his son opened the door. And it was not a famous black man who opened the door. And they would have thought that that was the person who was breaking and entering. Like, would they have shot him on the spot? Would they have tackled him down? Like, just that. And so I just wanted to, like, bring that up as, like, a thing. Like, celebrities get the heat, too. Yes. Celebrities get the heat, too. And I think sometimes, um, even in our own community, we assume that, like, oh, well, they got money. They don't care about us. Well, you might think that, but they're not absolved (laughs) Of the same shit that you're dealing with, because at the top there are more white, more white people. We, <laughs> we, well, we we deal with white people, but there's more of them up there, oh my God. <laughs> so they don't even feel like you know they don't, they're not even within their own community. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, there was that, and then another.
1: Yeah. So in Pennsylvania, a Pennsylvania man was shot at a local bar for defending a black man who was being a white man was was shot. racial slurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So basically, like. These guys pushed their way through to a bar, like tried to squeeze their way in. It was a couple of guys, mm-hmm. and the men who were sitting at the bar got offended, started screaming at the guys. But it was it was like a couple of them. It was like three of them. Only one of them was black, and yet he started going on a racial tirade against the black guy. Um, the bartender or the bar owner mm-hmm. kicked the guy out, and then on the surveillance, you can see the guy who was who was. Kicked out. I think his name was Slayer or something. Sailor. Um, he tries to. G- he tries. I'm keeping my tongue. <laughs> I'm like, that's such a <laughs> white name. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm like, Yikes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so he, he goes outside <laughs> and he James Sailor James Sailor. Um, so he goes outside. He tries to get into a car, a truck, but the truck isn't his. So in the surveillance calendar, you see him trying to get in the truck. He can't get in. He gets mad, turns around and shoots his gun. Right. That, sh- that gunshot was later found in, like, a field or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. is near the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes to his actual truck and finally gets into the truck. He goes to drive out, and an Uber rider had just pulled in, so he couldn't get out of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, Mr. Merrill, his name is um, Chad Merrill, who was actually defending his Black friend, hand, yeah. mm-hmm. came outside... And there's not, it's not clear whether there were words exchanged, but lo and behold, truck guy pulls out the gun. Say James Saylor pulls out his gun and shoots the guy. And it ends up to be a fatal shooting. <sighs> so. W- yeah. Right.
2: That's, that's <laughs> another thing that has tied what a lot of these stories together. Why don't
1: we? These savages, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't, don't want to say yeah. <laughs> that. Let me think about that. Back. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's fucking unfortunate. And. You know, being I think about the civil rights movement and there, uh, they were these bus rides that people would take to the South um, to help like people with reading and help to get like voter registration up. Um, and I cannot remember the name, but there were a group of I believe three white men who had traveled down and um, had gotten attacked, and they like found their bodies in a river. Um, I wish I remembered it more accurately because it is a really important event in civil rights history, but I bring it up to say, like, white Mm. allies, like, also, you know what I mean? We also need to defend and protect them as much as our own because Mm. when you're going against your own people in that that sort of way, they can also get killed. Now, that's not to say that in certain cases when things happen to them, they might not have more leeway, um, Mm. but if somebody's out to kill them, they're out to kill him and it's for the same reasons that you're protecting you know your own it's because you're black they don't believe you have rights and that person believes you have rights well they they can go too. Mm-hmm. um so it's really fucking unfortunate um and rest in peace to, to him um another uh tutaloka is here in new york city so remember when the c train wasn't working this week Yes. That's because a man pulled himself and his girlfriend um into a sea train that was uh, coming into the station, and they were both killed. It's not clear what like if there was one specific argument or something that had happened, but um the girl, so she was um, She was in her 40s. He was in his 50s. And uh, her father said that the guy clearly had mental health issues. Her family would tell her to stay away from the dude. They didn't think it was a healthy relationship. And so who knows what happened that day, but he decided to take both of their life. Um, And so that's what that delay was about. That's so, it's so
2: crazy because I think us living in New York, one of their first reactions is, ugh, how am I going to get home today? Right. How (laughs) dare they... Mm -hmm. slow my ride and then when you find out it's something like that it's just you have it reminds yourself to be kind
0: yeah to calm down yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely um uh, another tuta loca is we have another allegation um so the chairman and ceo of cbs Leslie Moonves. Don't know how to say your last name. (laughs) Sorry, Adam Moonves. (laughs) Moonves. Uh, Faces. (laughs) Faces. I don't even care. Fuck him. Yeah. Out here. So he would force himself onto women, make out with them, grope them, and all this shit. But here's the shit: wolf in sheep's clothing. In the recent months, he's actually become a prominent voice in the Me Too movement, right? And he he was uh, in December. He helped. uh, found the Commission on Eliminating Sexual Harassment and Advancing Equality in the Workplace. Niggas is slick. Yo. They think they slick. They think, oh, everybody saw, that as they call it, the quote-unquote witch hunt, and everybody was like, not me. So they decided mm-hmm. that they were going to hide. Like- no, motherfucker. So he got called out, um, and it's not clear that he hasn't like stepped down, to my knowledge, or anything like that. Um, but he's been accused by six women.
2: I've been seeing people stand up for him, um, kind of as character witnesses, and and I think this guy kind of falls perfectly in the nice guy trope. I'm such a nice guy. I couldn't have done anything wrong. Right. Um, the article that kind of brought him down or is starting to bring him down was by Ronan Farrow, who also led the charge with Harvey Weinstein as well. So that makes me maybe a little more apt to believe it. I almost like 99.9% of the time do believe it at this point.
0: Yeah. Right. Um,
2: it's way harder to come out yeah. as a victim. Yeah. And tell this story. Than it is to, yeah. Than it would be to just be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Why, why, what benefit would they have? Yeah. Besides maybe some money, but most of the time they don't, a lot of, not most of the time, but a lot of the time they don't even win those kinds of cases anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm apt to believe he didn't do it, and part of that is trust no one at this point. Word, <laughs> no. there's just been too many. And then another
0: thing, so the NYPD is reported is still disproportionately busting people of color for marijuana possession. The number is 93%. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes is right. Uh, And so, of course, it's like weed has continually been like decriminalized in ways here in New York. But Mm -hmm. the experience of having to be stopped by the police is traumatic, period. Like, especially nowadays, where you don't know if you're going to get shot or not. Listen,
1: the other day I fell asleep on the train and woke up at my stop surrounded by four cops. And I thought I was going to shit myself. Like, Mm. literally, just in that second. They didn't say shit to me. They were just standing there. Right. But the fact that they were standing around me sent my heart into, like, fucking palpitations. So I can't even imagine, like, nah. Fuck, fuck (laughs) y'all.
0: Yeah, and it's not cool. And for weed, bro, like, to me, it's like, how are we living in a country where it's legal in some spots and illegal in others? And it's like, how are are we half and half on something like this? How are we not... Just all on the same page. Either it's legal or it's not legal. And you're going to regulate it regardless. And states are making so much money Mm -hmm. off of these taxes. And being able to rebuild roads. Yo, Colorado got like a makeover. Pretty Mm -hmm. much. Like highways, all these things. Like literally you'll be driving, you'll see a highway sponsored by like Green, I think Solution or something like that is the name of one of the like weed shops, you know? Right.
2: (laughs) If you can't convince these people just based on, can we stop caring about this? Right. We should try no. to at le- they should at least and care about making money. Went, all of
1: these assholes went to college and they probably all smoked it in college too. And you would right. think
0: because so many white people smoke weed that they would just want it <laughs> to be legal. But here's the thing. They get away with it more than people of color, obviously, mm-hmm. as per these numbers. And I have a theory. I need to do more research on how this works, but there's a lot of black people in jail for charges that are related to weed. And I don't know what happens when it comes to completely decriminalized in all 50 states. To the, mm. like, Can you keep someone in jail for a crime that, for something that's no longer a crime? I don't know. So that's research I would have to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious because I'm like, That's real, though. It's not against, like, like, legalizing weed is not bad for white people. They love it. <laughs> so why is it illegal? Like, you know what I mean? And so, so I don't know. Right.
2: It's well, just crazy to hold on to something like this when there are so many bigger fish to fry absolutely. at
0: this point. Absolutely. You literally have, and and this, I'll go into this, the president of Mexico is literally considering <laughs> legalizing drugs in the country because of how much violence. The violence has gone up 16% uh, in this year, and it's going up in countries like Colombia as well, and Venezuela, all because of drug trade. So at this point, they are so desperate that they're like, only legal like only legalizing could potentially be the big bold move
1: mm-hmm. in order to get us to
0: safety because people are getting killed left and right and it's ridiculous um, you know and so we are not that's not the problem that we have.
1: You know what I mean? Um,
0: You know, I mean, not that there isn't any violence and stuff around uh, drug dealing here in the United States. I'm just saying, like, that is not our number one problem in this country. Um, And it's working in the states that it's working in. So, like, fuck that shit. Um, But to the president of Mexico doing that, I, I think that's a really... That's a really big move. Um, And the United States, of course, has already come out saying they will absolutely not support any country that decides to legalize drugs. So staunchly against this. They will not get any sort of support and stuff from the United States. We're not supporting anyone
2: right now anyway. And I was going to say, say,
0: not that we've been doing right by Mexico anyway. Right. um, But just to throw that out there, FYI. Um, And then... uh, this is another thing that so. Seagrams, the, the alcohol. <laughs> Seagrams. The heiress. She spent. She's been f- spending the family's fortune on uh, a sex cult. What like? <laughs> I just can't imagine having so much money that I I'm now like prioritizing something like a sex cult. Um, and there, she's roughly over. She's worth um, r- around roughly two hundred million dollars a lot of money yeah um yeah so you know and she uh had was busted on racketeering charges along with three other members um so it's and this is part of an ongoing investigation that has been going on i just saw it and i was just like huh How do right. I, didn't, I it's just like another thing that's <laughs> on the list i don't even want to spend more time on it i just wanted to bring it up like this what the fuck um next
1: the next tuta loca goes out to white people not liking to be called white. Oh so, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. There was this article that was um, published on Vox.com, which is like saying American white people really hate being called white, and it was because there was like the c- this Twitter poll um, with a question that says um, something about increasing diversity. Um, it was like, as you may know, the U.S. Census pr- projections show that the two th- two thousand forty three african-americans latinos asians and other mixed racial and ethnic groups will together be a majority of the population do you think the likely impact from of this coming demographic change will be mostly positive or mostly negative negative? and so amongst all americans um, sixty four percent voted positive and thirty one percent voted negative mm. amongst democratic Amongst Democrats, eighty-five percent voted positive and thirteen percent voted negative, negative. and then amongst p- Republicans, forty-three percent voted positive and fifty percent voted negative. Hmm. Now, um, the reason why, um, the reason why apparently this was shocking to the person who wrote this was because they said. The question is not- is also notable for its unstated premise that the growing presence of people other than whites in US, what else could increase racial diversity mean in a majority white country, <laughs> is a subject of active political debate. It is not taken for granted as constitutive um, of a multi-ethnic d- democracy, but treated as kind of an add-on, an extra feature. Is it working? Maybe we should roll it back, let's discuss. Um, I don't know. You can go on to Vox.com and read the rest of the article, but I just thought that that headline was Well, really yeah, like, and
0: like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like living in a country where I need to fear for my life every day. So fucking what? Boo hoo. Like, right. I, I don't want to be called a nigga. A nigga. I don't want to be called a spick. I don't want to be called a lot of things mm-hmm. that, you know, I get called.
2: Right. White people. I'm a white person. <laughs> I'm a white. I'm a white. Um, <laughs> uh, that is what we are. <laughs> right. And I feel like if those of us who feel that it's becoming a negative thing, there's a reason and mm-hmm. we need to change it. Um, I think we talk you the poll you're talking about discusses Democrat versus Republican and things like that. Ultimately, um, white people make up one of those groups a little more than than the others but at this point I think in this day and age with what's going on right now these kind of centrists and these moderates like have no place at this point either right I think those of us who feel more progressive need to be loud the the other the opposite end of that is frankly doing a better job (laughs) at being louder than the rest of us that's how president we have a president trump yeah um and now he's we he's a white yeah, he's an <laughs> he, he orange, orange? <laughs> he's a
0: he's a oompa you know i i see that man
1: I, i'm not even gonna get into yeah. it it's hard
0: know. to
2: look <laughs> at it's <laughs> hard to look at his face oh like, he like that straight. other thing
1: um the other day there was a picture on facebook of him promoting somebody's fucking book in the which oval office which is illegal. illegal yes like why is this man Breaking all these fucking rules that you guys are so. But then then when we when we fucking like call him out on this shit and say hey, but y'all wanna call us out on ABC, but you're doing XYZ, right? Because he's white, it's okay, fucking white. It's not even just because he's white. I
0: mean, like I'm I'm saying that as a joke. It's it's a lot more because he's a crook. And there's a lot of people who either are, he has something over benefiting. their head mm-hmm. or they're benefiting in some sort of way. And so that. Right. But
1: Olivia didn't. Pope, where the fuck you at? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's move into our topic to the, of the day. Why arts? So infusing arts into the lives of young people. Why? Why should we do that? So my question uh, for you, Haley, as someone who who works sort of in this field is, like, what are some of the major issues that affect the way our youth learn? Like, what are the things that make you identify? Okay, there's a problem
2: here. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most major things and the thing that I'm fighting for right now is um, we've become so narrow-minded in terms of what education is. Hmm and who gets to be educated, and how we educate them. Um, I think the number one issue in education right now is access. Hmm. Um, You look at what's happening with public schools versus charter schools. I mean, that is a huge issue here in New York City. Can you tell
0: us a little bit about what that issue is?
2: Yeah, so charter schools... As a whole, are are majorly for profit. First of all, so people are getting into education to start making money, um, mm-hmm. which to me is sickening. Of course, um, I think to a lot of us, we feel that way. Um, and charter schools. So 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 now education is is a means to make money, for probably already rich people. Public education was created so that everyone could be educated, mm-hmm. and. Um, the charter schools now have an opportunity. They go out, they have money, they advertise. Look at these test scores we, we get. Look at the education your student is getting. We, they all, you know, they look so nice. They're wearing these same uniforms. They're sitting here so, so calmly. Um, and look what we get out of them. But in the meantime, they're picking off kids who are already doing well, who are already achieving, who are, um, already have a leg up because they can afford to go to that school or Mm -hmm. this school. Um, And then eventually down the line, when they need to fill their slots, they start taking some of the The lotteries, the the lotteries. Right. Um, So that's a major issue with charter schools and not everyone gets the chance to go to a charter school. And when kids leave the public schools, those schools get less money. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the schools that I work with, their enrollment is down. The city gives them less money they don't have the ability to help their current students the way they were before. Um, and all of this is because we don't wanna make education accessible to everyone. We're, n- we're, or we're not making it accessible to everyone. Um, we're not investing in, a, in an integrated public school system. And then in terms of what we teach, right now we're specifically excited by science and math. That is what kids learn science and math, which makes sense. I mean, working in tech is lucrative. Um, it's exciting at this moment in time. Um, but the arts, sports, languages, those are all parts of being a well-rounded individual and a mm-hmm. well-rounded child. And um, those are the first things to go. Right. So mm-hmm. these schools University that are yep. losing their funding are losing their language learning. They're losing their music classes. They're losing their um, athletics. Right. So we're, not, we're also not putting out well-rounded individuals with interests, with excitement, with joy. Um, yeah which which goes into like
0: what are the school's goals and focuses like is your goal mm-hmm. to have a well-rounded person or is it just to have the right test score so you can keep running the engine that right you're yeah. running right.
1: Um, which really it's really sickening the way test scores run all of education and yeah I
0: mean, I gonna, mm-hmm. and I was going to and I was going to say and for you then a skittles cuz you are literally a music teacher mm-hmm. for the DOE so how does that happen like how does even being the teacher like do you are you under like a constant like fear of your class getting cut or are you
1: restricted in the way in which you teach um I'm lucky that I okay um how do I say this okay so (laughs) uh being a music teacher is very evident in the students attitudes and the way you are treated by other teachers um the hierarchy in the school um especially being like like uh, part of the arts and then um, and then the language teachers were kind of treated as the others. In fact, like mm. at, at one point literally called the others. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. um, so in terms of like how, like the treatment, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, you might have, my constant battle is always like, I have students that really do excel at music and if they continue with me, You know, we can work towards getting them to possibly study music, maybe getting them lessons outside of school, whatever, all that stuff. But I'm not able to cater to those students and foster their talents because I'm constantly being thrown students who just need the credit, who Hmm. just need to pass. So then I'm faced with certain things like there was one time where um, I was asked to pass a student so that he can go to prom. (laughs) <laughs> because it's a school <laughs> for, 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 if they're failing a class, they can't go to prom or some shit like that. Wow. wow. So it's it's literally, <laughs> like, down to, like, silly shit like this. Like, you, and that in turn turns to the students being very apathetic towards the arts and very apathetic towards um, language and very apathetic towards gym. anything out that is not math, English, mm-hmm. you know, reading and writing. Yeah. Like, and then, so... Every day you're coming in, this is something that you love and something that you want to keep practicing every day. And it's literally soul-sucking to try and to do that while you're dealing with such apathetic attitudes Yeah. in the process. Um,
2: yeah, and luckily,
1: it's a I think I'm an, uh, a likable person that I kind of... Get the buy-in, even if you're really not into music. I kind of try and get you to work hard for me, but it's 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 evident in the students' attitudes and in the treatment amongst your peers. And
0: it's so frustrating because I so I've never been a teacher proper like for the DOE, but like I said, I've worked for nonprofits and after school, and it's like enrichment programming. And I remember the tender age of seventeen. Uh, was the first time I was able to uh, teach a drama class at my mm. old middle school for the after school program. Um, and I went in with such enthusiasm because I didn't have that in that mm-hmm. school. That school was lacking arts like heavily, like ridiculously, right? So um, when I, they had a program once when I was a kid, and I got to play Santa Claus in like a school play thing because all the other girls, it was a drama class of five girls including me and they wanted the program slotting was for mo- way more than five kids mm-hmm. but you know um you know that was the moment that i was like oh i kind of like this thing so even that and the program was maybe like a month and a half and like even just that little taste was enough mm-hmm. for me to sink my tooth in and say hey i've discovered something because before then i thought i wanted to be mayor of new york city like legitimately thought politics was my way and nobody could tell me shit about Mm -hmm. doing anything but politics um and then I got that that morsel so for me I said well this is what I need to do if I'm gonna give back because I got into LaGuardia and I applied for LaGuardia I didn't even know that school existed Mm -hmm. I was the first kid since Al Pacino because Al Pacino went to my middle school to get into LaGuardia for drama specifically Mm -hmm. um so like I was just like whoa like when I heard that I felt a responsibility to bring that back at the age of 17 and got very little support to do so. And mm-hmm. by support, I don't mean, like, the program administrators didn't think the program was a good idea. They just had other priorities.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, say, I say that, like, so the treatment thing amongst your peers, like, it's never something that's completely direct. Everybody gives you that, like, oh, the arts matters, blah, 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 blah. But they're also fucking concerned about their test scores. Right, and right. like how, Because it's because how they, they get ap- paid it's how at they get, this yeah, point. Yeah, like, you literally... Um, Th- the test scores determines even your fucking rating as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, because we got graded, Absolutely. you know? yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yep. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. But I think
2: Julissa's story is is a prime example of, of how the New York City sp- public schools specifically are kind of failing kids in that regard because you didn't really have the arts opportunities At until all. you got into this special school that mm-hmm. not many people get into. So congratulations, but... Thank you. <laughs> middle school. <laughs> but middle schools, like high schools, <laughs> element elementary schools in New York, many of them don't even have a general music teacher anymore. Yeah. Middle schools, a lot of them still don't have music, an orchestra, a band. Yeah. Um, and then high school, you have to go to a special one. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such an afterthought. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think another thing to, to bring up is like, so then you have these schools that aren't getting... Like it through the DOE. So then they have to go through a vendor and yeah, get non-profit. a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, so into the that's where you come that's in. That's where I come in. But then, so then, like, there's certain nonprofits. I don't know if your program does this specifically, but I know other certain, certain nonprofits are like, um, they'll send the teacher in and you'll do like a program for a year. But the nonprofit's goal is to get the teacher hired at the school that they're teaching at. That's not But enough. the administration, won't hire the teacher because they simply do not have the budget for right. Right. for it, you know?
0: Yeah. It's really, <coughs> excuse me, it's very uh, troubling to me too just the way um, nonprofits have to function in the school space where there's all these roadblocks. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> like when mm-hmm. I was, um, I worked over at Banana Kelly High School, um, and my program that I had to do was more around like community service and getting the, like, oh, if you get these kids to serve, then it'll empower them to be better people in the world. Which sidebar on that, like, yes, community service for everyone and doing stuff like that is very empowering and important. But there's something a little demeaning to me about having kids in a situation where like they'd be like, oh, take them to a soup kitchen or take them to the shelter and do this thing so they can really understand the struggle. And I'm like, do you know three of my kids actually currently live in shelters? Mm. What What am I teaching them yeah. about that? You're talking about kids who already live, live these struggles. Let's try a different approach. I would have loved to have taken that same amount of money, mm-hmm. right, and then done something in maybe artistic or maybe not artistic, but something that's extracurricular in a way that is actually opening the doors for them to new ideas as opposed Mm -hmm. to just telling them that they owe back into the setting that they're currently living in. Um, You know, and it's, oh, it's testing season, and so, oh, you know that kid can't go to after school today. They have to go they have to stay in class or they have to go to tutoring. One time when I was working triggering, in my old... triggering, <laughs> triggering, trigger, yeah. triggering, triggering. I, <laughs> I was in my old when I was working in my old middle school, I remember that they then the school scores were so low that there was this other nonprofit that did like tests like enrichment, blah, blah, blah. And so the teachers got paid extra to stay after school to do and we like our attendance was shit. And so our attendance was shit for like two months. And then when we're reporting numbers, it's like are you guys even working with children? Like, what are you doing there? So then the nonprofits sometimes are like, are our resources better allocated in a different school? And then programs like that, that program no longer exists in that school because they couldn't get attendance numbers to, mm. to, to, to maintain a certain mm. way. And so now it's moved to another school. And like, yes, that other school also needed it, but- now, you just literally ripped away the only arts programming that existed in a yes. space mm-hmm. because of a test score.
1: And um, right one on. thing that I've, that I've found also with, um, with like working with nonprofits or whatever, because we have a couple nonprofits that come into my school, too, um, like trying, to, trying as the teacher to keep the attendance going. Because because it's a nonprofit and it's an outside program, I can't say I'm going to fail you if you don't show up.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You know, I can't, I can't hold something over your head or like, I don't want to say that as, as, but you know, you do that with kids. You say, listen, you show up, I'm going to give you extra credit or I'm going to do this or whatever. You're giving them incentives. Mm -hmm. There's no incentives I can offer you other than this is a great opportunity. Please show up because this is an opportunity that you wouldn't get if you weren't here right now. Mm And, you know, kids drop out and, oh, I don't really want to go. And then they get their mother on board. Oh, well, she doesn't really want to do it. So
0: Right. So the (laughs) lack of care, and I think that's another point that I wanted to bring up, the lack of care for people around the students influences the students' behavior. Mm -hmm. Because if they – I remember the same program – I had, like, three boys in the drama class. I could only get three because all of them were always playing basketball. Mm. And the energy and, like, teasing they would get because they were doing drama instead of basketball was a lot to the point that even the coaches would be like, oh, like, what are you doing up there?
2: You know, and I'm like, I'm smiling because it's, co- it's like high school musical. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think
0: of that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But like, so true. Like, right. Mm-hmm. The more you demean the arts, like people do not value. People do not value the arts, especially when they're not artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Which also leads me to who are the people instructing. So I think it's right. very important, too, when you get people into these settings. Because the lady who did my drama class was this little old white lady. Mm-hmm. And like, she was really corny. And quite frankly, I didn't like her very much. I liked the art, but I was so passionate about it that I was able to surpass that. But there were some girls, like, I, mind you, I said five girls. It didn't start with five, right? People could not identify with her in a way that made mm-hmm. sense. And so they, they also lost interest. And then also, like, what are we learning, right? So she didn't come in there with any sort of art or plays that identified with me. It was all white shit, you know? And mm-hmm. even, I'll even go as far as, I love LaGuardia to fucking death. It taught me a lot. It was one of the best experiences of my life. hmm my drama department was not curating anything towards my population and that's because we had one black guy okay and i was one of three latinas in the basement you know what i mean there was uh two latino men uh and then i think there was like four black girls so and, and it was a department of 60 just so you get a sense of the the numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always think about uh, Kahim was his name, the one black boy, right, like, yeah. in this apartment. So I could see where when they're like sort of doing their thing and theater naturally, um, even on, in the mainstream, you know, platform doesn't make a lot of room to talk about black art or la- Latin plays and stuff unless it's the popular thing to do and it's niche. So when you talk about like mm-hmm. Irene Fornes, it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's like such a niche thing and it's like, yeah, <laughs> all of these playwrights including, and, and even as a playwright myself, I think about that, like, I'm an important voice and so when I see people who are teaching artists who are in these fancy schools and I'm like you're in Washington Heights teaching playwriting but like I should be in Washington Heights teaching Mm. playwriting because I'm a Dominican playwright and most of your students are Dominican and the same way you can talk to them about waiting for Godot I can talk to them about waiting for Godot and so it's so interesting but Coming from the backgrounds that we come from, arts administrations and teachers in these nonprofits do not even get paid enough. It's like, like you mm-hmm. know, I used to be a nonprofit. I could have very well stayed there. Th- that was not paying the bills. WeWork mm-hmm. pays my bills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is so. It's interesting because the investment, even outside of the schools, for these nonprofits is so low that we how how do we mm-hmm. support the unsupported if we're not supported?
2: Right. Mm. There's a really great TED Talk, and I wish I could tell you what it was um, that talks about. You know the buy-in for nonprofits and the way donors specifically want nonprofits to use money, and it's al- almost all the time they want the money to go toward the programming, which is great. We we want your help, we love your help, but a lot of the time they don't consider that um, you know going into salaries or especially to executive salaries as um, being particularly helpful. However, then you're losing, you're having brain drain. You're losing a lot of really um, positive, really smart really um caring people who want to be doing this and are doing it for about probably about half the money that they should should be earning right. doing this kind of work and um but the people with the money that hold the money uh don't care <laughs> yeah. um but it you know it's so true what you're saying about about representation and um I think the not the the particular nonprofit that I work with um We have three people on our faculty of 20 at this point who actually went through the organization, graduated, went to college, have at least their undergraduate, if not more. One of them just got her doctorate this year in violin, grew up in East Harlem, went to East Harlem schools, and are now teaching with our organization. Great. Um, These are people who care deeply about what they learned. Um, These are people who know what the kids they're teaching are going through, and they know what works and what didn't. Um, I think something that our founder has done well, she is a white woman, but is that she just doesn't give up on anybody. Um, I think that's, if if you are a white person or a privileged person going into those kinds of spaces, you have to be willing to work through problems that you might not understand. Mm. And, um, you know, keep the kid who's not showing up as much as you would like slow him down if you need to but keep him and keep working with him and, and talk to him at his level don't don't you know sit there and baby them or anything like that yeah. you have, talk to them at their level work with them through the curriculum um, something that I, I'm also really happy with our organization is that we have a curriculum so kids right. go through
1: mm-hmm.
2: certain things and I think um, you were talking earlier about how some of your kids are apathetic and I think something that With the organization I'm with, that's positive, is we start them young. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they learn right away that this is an exciting thing, it's cool, my friends are doing it too, um, and they get to take their instrument home with them and be really proud of it from the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, it's so important. It's hard to start a middle schooler Hmm. on an instrument, it's hard to make them decide they want to be a singer or make them decide to like Beethoven or whatever.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: right right, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think uh, what you said about the, taking the instrument home is so interesting because there are certain programs where like the kids only have access during the hours of school and so hard. they can't even explore the love of the art I mean I'm lucky that mine was drama and it didn't require you know mm-hmm. anything that I didn't have at home mm-hmm. but I think about that a lot with musicians my little brother actually my both my younger siblings went to school uh, for music but my sister for singing my little brother plays the clarinet right and so like it wasn't until like om- like late junior year that he was able to like bring the clarinet home and that was only because he's like preparing for certain concerts and stuff like that mm-hmm. but he would be home, like, playing video games and stuff like that. And I'm like, But he loved the clarinet, and if he had it in front of him, he would, be he would also be playing right. the clarinet right now. But mm-hmm. we can't afford a motherfucking clarinet for <laughs> him. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, um, right. So I think about that, too, with, with funding. Like, you can't mm-hmm. even afford, to, you know, for every kid to have one of their own sometimes, right. depending on yeah. which program it is.
2: Yeah, we make sure that um, our kids... When, when they start, they don't get to take it home. They have to right, learn have how to, to take learn. care of it. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course, um, and that makes especially sense. Especially the
1: violin. The violin, yeah. me, it's very delicate. It's it is. very delicate. <laughs> they learn
2: how to take care of it, then they get to take it home. And, and um, something that one of our parents said uh, to me that has always stuck with me is, you know, the, sa- the sounds in my home are the kids fighting over who gets to play the piano first and things oh, like that, which is not great. common in any home. It's not yeah. common in an East Harlem home. And so for her to you know she says you know the my kids grew up fighting over who got to to play first or you know whatever and that's that's just i love that yeah and i think we
0: can all just overall like people who are interested in that we need to support the organizations that are doing the work you know what i mean small donations and maybe it's not monetary maybe you are an artist and maybe you can offer up some time to go Mm -hmm. into a school and do you know an intensive or a master class on something let me tell
1: you the like That they love that shit. Like aside, aside from it being like a free period, but also like it being like someone who's out in the field doing exactly what they've been reading and you know listening to and watching Mm -hmm. to have a physical person in the room changes everything yeah. I love doing yeah.
0: like workshops and stuff like playwriting workshops with students they get so excited also cause like with, as a writer I don't like to censor so I'll be like you know, curses are allowed in your pieces as long <laughs> as you're, they're constructive and creative and they mm. love that. Yeah. But, you know, but even that, I love them having the act of, oh, I'm going to choose my words carefully in an artistic way. I even love putting them in that sort of space. Um, so Ooh. I think it's important for people to step up because it's not just about enriching the lives of young people. It's about um, cementing the fact that this is important, especially in a time where all the funding for this program's on a, you know, like federal level are completely being cut so if it was there, you know what I mean? Like what, you know, how deep will we let it go? Are we just going to let the buck stop at us mm-hmm. and not la- like have anyone else have access? We have to keep it alive. If no one's going to fund it, then we have to fund it with our own resources that aren't monetary. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh thanks for that was a really, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. hearty hearty <laughs> discussion on that. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to move into our Dame
1: luz. Guys, I need some loose. I need some <laughs> loose. Uh, what you need, light skittles. Uh All right. When do you know that you're not that into him? Like, how many chances do you give to, like, figure out if you like him? <laughs> <gonna>, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: it depends. For me, I think part of it matters how much time you've already invested. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you have only invested a couple of dates and you're like, Ugh, I don't want to hang out with him tonight. That's like a warning sign. I feel like you know the first couple months, the first year is like that puppy love, disgusting. Like, oh yeah, exciting, not disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll go with that part. That you know, if you're not feeling that, why bother? Like, why waste your time? You know what I mean? We're we're everyone at this table. You know, we're we're young. We but are. we're not getting younger. That's right. Uh. And we, we don't need to waste our time on something that doesn't feel right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But then after that, it gets hard. Because once you've been, for me, once you've invested time, it's like, you can't get that back. Absolutely. So do you keep fighting? You know? Well, because
1: here's, like, I guess um, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess I don't, Ugh. What am I saying? <laughs> uh,
0: You're not sure how much it is the. How like, many times do you? Like, how many? How many more dates you owe before? Yeah, like you before like, you
1: make that definitive decision of like I'm not going to entertain this anymore because it's not a situation where it's like, ugh, I don't want to hang out with this <laughs> person. But it's more so it's just kind of like there are certain like things I notice in myself that I'm kind of like questioning, am I being shallow or am I being, you know, a bad person for noticing habits or... You're a bad
0: person if you waste their time. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But, like, it's, it's like, it's
1: one of those things where it's, like, you know, when you, if you were, if you were hanging out with a person, right, and you have a fine time with them, the, the couple of times that you hang out with them, um... Like, but I don't know. Like,
0: you're just not that into them already, even like in the struggle of like when you, not Yuhan specifically, yeah, yeah. but when people are like talking about it and they're struggling to articulate, it's almost like an avoidance of the very big elephant in the room. And the mm-hmm. truth is, we don't want to feel like assholes, we don't want to be shallow, especially when you're someone who's like supports and loves to all people. And then you're in that moment where it's like, Fuck I'm not attracted to this, th- this person, and maybe they're a bit non conventional, or maybe like, you know they're heavy or they're not as like conventionally sexy as what you're used to. And then Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like, fuck, it's coming up. And I think we have to a give ourselves a little bit of leeway and understand that we are human and we have been socialized in a way that even if we don't intentionally try to internalize those beliefs, they come through. So we have to take that moment of like, okay, I acknowledge that doesn't make me a bad person. Mm -hmm. I'm acknowledging that this is a thing. Now with this thing, am I in a moment where I am willing to get over it? Super. Like, can I get over this in time or am I just going to hold on to this person because I don't want to, you know, accept the fact that I have this belief that's a bit more like mainstream Mm -hmm. Um, or am I going to let that person go so that they can invest their time in someone who doesn't? Feel that weight toward to them, right? Um. So I think that's super important too. Don't waste anyone's time, don't waste um, anybody's time. but also don't nitpick, right? Because sometimes you have to understand what, what is what is so, so what like, is the content. But but to me, it, so like nitpicking, like if I'm just like me, like I just uh, recently stopped messing around with somebody that I was messing around with for like four years on and off, you know what I mean? And so now that I'm, like, in, like, back into the dating mode, I have the problem of nitpicking, but it's based off of comparison. So I'm comparing mm. everybody who I mess around with to the
1: guy. So how many times?
0: Honestly, here's... How <laughs> have you given here Here, like, here. Like I'll, guys? I'll, I'll be so honest. Like, I got... List. I've been called out this week. This week's... Mercury. Mercury. (laughs) Retrograde. So I've had people, like, hitting me up on some, like, yo, like, what's up? Like, you don't hit me up. Like, what's going on? There's this one guy on Tinder who I matched forever ago, and, like, we were, like, texting, like, heavily for a little bit, and I think I had gone on vacation to, like, DR, and so, like, and I never picked it back up after that, so I still haven't met the person, and they're like, "Uh, are you alive? (laughs) Like, what's Uh, going on? So sometimes I don't even make it to the first date is what i'm saying like oh, yeah. if in the way i'm chatting and like yesterday i met someone matched someone on tinder who was cute and i was like oh, okay and then he like complimented my smile and i was like oh thanks like he had a cute smile too and then he was like yeah you can add me on ig if you want and i was like oh you're here for followers like i get it i respect it and he was <laughs> like he was like nah nah you know it's just uh tinder has too many trannies so i have to check people out before exactly Uh. so right immediate like (laughs) shut down and it's always the really cute ones that are really and it's usually homophobia with me like usually the guys are homophobic and clearly they feel comfortable being homophobic because they think I'm a straight woman so like I already I'm not gay or like Mm. you know I like him enough so I don't care what he thinks about gay people yes I do (laughs)
1: And if there are any ladies who are associated with me and do not check their man on their homophobic (laughs) comments, please unfriend me. Block me. Like, fuck out of here. Right.
0: Like, it's literally, you know, and so obviously, and that's an obvious, like, cutoff, so I wouldn't need to, like, meet someone. But sometimes it, it is coming from me specifically. And so I'll hang out with a guy once, and then the second time we hang out, then maybe we have sex, right? And the sex yeah. may or may not be satisfying, right? And yeah. recently, not, you know, it ha- it's been hit or miss. It's not always satisfying. Um, so that already for me, like that's one of the comparisons. I'm like, I just left some really great dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just kind of like. And so that for me, but I'll continue the conversation because I'm like, all right, you can, like, if I need to just teach him how to eat my pussy so that he does it right the whole time, then, like, maybe he'll be open to that. Let me get to know him a little more and figure out if that's where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, if after that investigation, I find that it's even if he was good sexually, I'm not interested, then immediately it's to cut off.
1: Mm-hmm. Once I
0: know it's not just sex it's quiet, like, it makes no sense.
1: So I should have sex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So, like, have sex with the person and then decide. decide.
0: (laughs) No, not necessarily. It could be part of it. Yeah, it could
2: be part of it, but, you know. I don't know. I I feel like for me... So I just just had Tinder for a week, the first week ever in my life, and I deleted it. (laughs) It's black, right? (laughs) I mean, kind of like, people come on to you in a certain kind of way, and some people come on heavy, Mm. and some people... Are ridiculous like some people fetishize oh, would, you, you too. would you like the I had one that ca- his opening line was would you prefer a country house or a beach house and I was like I didn't answer <laughs> but my thing is I think within myself I realized like one all of these things annoyed me <laughs> and then two I'm probably not ready to date anyone if right. any of that like hey hi Ocean beach house. You're my tinderella, I'm I'm gonna be in love with you. Any of that just annoyed see. me. Then, but that's also yeah. corny.
0: Like never, yeah. rule rule number three: never make time for corny motherfuckers. That's like, true. If you're not about
2: it, like just don't. Yeah. But just don't force yourself either. Like, well, at least you
0: got that and not yeah. like, so how deep can you take it down your throat? I got yeah, that once. Yeah, and I absolutely.
1: was like. <laughs> I get that. That's like a hello on Grindr, So right, I was going to say, it's like, it's a, it's, that's different in one's yeah. world. Like, <laughs> Dick pick first. The world. Yeah, it's like it is a handshake, you know. But then um, that's
0: another point is what, what is your intent anyway? Like, are you with this yeah. person because you're looking for a relationship or are you yeah. just with them because trying to fuck? Cause honestly, if you're just trying to fuck and the fucking is good, um, I'm not obviously like, you, like the, the guy who called the, the trans community trannies, like, I don't even want your dick inside of my body. I don't want yeah. that energy, right? You shouldn't but if have there's,
2: one Right, right,
0: <laughs> right. So, but but if it's just someone who I'm like, "Oh, he's corny or he's not that hot, but like he eats really great pussy or you know what I mean, like he's awesome to hang out with, whatever." Like I then we can have a sexual relationship and I just won't let it get past the sex mm-hmm. and it'll just be a sexual relationship. But if you are looking for somebody that you can grow with and get a beach house with then yeah then don't waste your time but if you're just trying to fuck then fucking see if you like the fuck and if you don't then don't but make sure that the way you're engaging them you're clear that your intent that is just the intent. sex yeah. right that you're not trying to build something because what you don't want is to like engage them a lot and then what they start to think is oh we are we're always fucking and hanging out yeah. he
2: must have feelings
0: for me mm. keep it clear yeah mm. do not leave
2: that unsaid friends with benefits where they try to not talk to each other about it, that never works. Who you telling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, you know,
0: you got some decisions to make.
1: Yeah. I got some thinking to do.
0: All right. Haley,
2: where can we find you on social media? Um, my social media is not that interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I am on Instagram. Haley Mo 77 yes. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I believe it's the same. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same as well. <laughs> I think. I don't have much of a Twitter following, but I feel personally like I'm very interesting on Twitter. There <laughs> <Yeah>, you go.
1: <do. laughs> follow so, the yeah, Follow the girl. <laughs>
2: um and then, you know, Facebook me, but I don't accept randos on Facebook. Yeah, so, so don't Facebook. Yeah, don't, so don't Facebook. Don't. You can follow
1: her on Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter. Yeah, there you
0: go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Haley, for being on here. And thanks guys for listening. And until next time. Bronche.